genre. Franchiseography, the podcast that digs deep into the entire filmographies of Hollywood's biggest film franchises. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez. Today we are continuing our mini-series on the Jurassic Park franchise with the second part of the Jurassic World trilogy, 2018's Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. And we have a guest joining us to talk about extinction hearings, dinosaur auctions, and pillow murder, his returning guest, Hunter Kennedy. Welcome. Hello, boys. <laughs> Thrilled to be on this one. Ah, <laughs> uh, pillow murder. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so weirdly, finally... the the one of the few, if not the first, murders, like human on human murder. Yeah, yeah. Of, oh, of the oh, yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. So, a hit, there... if you will. Has there been an instance of like of like a Batman Begins instance of like I'm not going to kill you, but I'm not going to save you? Um, I want to say the final. No, I don't think Ian Malcolm or Sarah ever see uh, John Hammond's nephew get get eaten by the baby T Rex. Mm, right. I don't. So I I'm think, trying I to think, think about think Vincent D'Onofrio's character in World. I I think maybe Chris Pratt like watches him die but no it was kind of a like they they will all be in like yeah both of all three of them see him they watch murdered, it but they, yeah they're, they're bystanders <laughs> yeah it, it was it was like oh oh we have no choice but to watch this okay let's escape it wasn't like no we're not gonna help okay you, you okay know? good okay yeah this is like uh this is a uh a murder she wrote murder uh-huh it's like it a is. columbo cold open if it was written yeah. by like someone on cough syrup i feel like <laughs> well two men on cough syrup yeah well yeah that's true very true uh, we'll, uh, we'll get into that yeah fallen kingdom um well i i think there's a lot of interesting things to be said about this <laughs> um but uh let's start with uh, uh with with hunter what is your background with the jurassic park franchise um and then and then also, how do you feel about the Jurassic World franchise? Funny enough, my uh, connection to Jurassic Park is kind of tied to Nick. I had never seen it. Um, I think I remember watching it once with my grandparents, and they deemed it like way too into like the porter potty scene. I think is one hundred percent probably what did it. And they were like, "Well, no, he's not watching this." And so it went on the high shelf was like the VHSs that I was not allowed to watch. Um, and so Debbie does Dallas. Yeah. Debbie does Dallas uh, audition. Park. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, Nick and I, one day they were doing like one of those Cinemark events where they brought it back. And Nick was like, you've never seen it. You have to go see it on a big screen. 
And yeah, I was blown away. It was incredible. Um, unbelievable that I had gone like, I think at that point, like 21 years and never seen it. Uh, we watched lost world, like probably the next day. And like, you know, same reaction. I'm sure people had in like, what, like 97, like it's fine. Like it's, is that kind of y'all's conclusion? Mine was, it's fine. Yeah. I think I liked it a little more than Scott, but Mm -hmm. also like, you know, the director himself was like helicoptering offset because he was so like apathetic about it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, three, the only thing I remember is the dinosaur saying Alan. I mean, I'm sure that that's how most people feel. Uh, and then World One, I, Nick and I both happened to be in our hometown at the same time back in like 2015 and we saw it together. And I think like we both were like super, I mean, I think at the time, I'm sure we were both saying like, oh, Colin Trevorrow is like, the new Spielberg. Like he really did it. Like he, he like, like he's the great mentee. Um, and then, uh, we went and saw Fallen Kingdom with a friend back in 2018. Uh, and if I remember correctly, we both absolutely destroyed that friend in the parking lot, uh, emotionally for liking the movie because we both on first glance did not like the movie and made him feel dumb for liking it. I don't remember a third. I, I, Riley, I, I remember do you, me- seeing- do you remember, uh, no, I don't know oh, if you're allowed to wow. <laughs> look out. Yes. Names. Okay. Yeah. That was, that was during one of the greatest summers of our lives. That was, that was the, the movie past summer. Oh my God. Yeah. Where the world was at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, it, that, that this, uh, that's true. I'd forgotten that we had seen Jurassic world together. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, th- this is just, uh, the, rewatching it today. It's, uh, it's a mixed bag. Yeah. Um, I wish literally. I hadn't done this rewatch because I think this rewatch hurt <laughs> its legacy a little bit in my eyes. <laughs> Scott, how did you feel? Um, well, you know, I, as I discussed with the lost world, um, and being like severely disappointed by that as a kid, first by the book and then by Spielberg's adaptation of the book. Not because he did a poor adaptation, but because I was like, yeah, this is basically the book I didn't like. Um, I have like a weird relationship with the, these movies because they're not necessarily about the dinosaurs for me. That's not the thing that's the most interesting. It's the theme park stuff. And so any sequel to a Jurassic Park movie after the theme park is a lesser movie in my eyes. Um, And so I feel that I went into this movie with very low expectations. One, because like, yes, everybody, like a lot of people (laughs) shit on the first movie, but this one had like a substantially lower Rotten Tomato score than, than the first Jurassic world. And so I was like, I was like, okay, did like, was it the director that messed it up or like what, what, what happened here? Um, but I went in with very low expectations and I came out of it feeling similarly to how I felt when we just rewatched Jurassic Park three, which is like, well, I don't know. That was like a dumb monster movie. Like, that's kind of fun. Like, whatever. Like, it, it just didn't like, I liked that it didn't take it self so seriously except for the sort of like animal cruelty aspect of it um which is like really heavy like really heavy um like hard to watch heavy 
at certain points. And um, so I don't know. It's a yeah, it's a mixed bag. It's super stupid. Like it's a it's a dumb movie. Like it's really dumb. And but like I have a good time most of the time. I think the opening of this, I think Bayona directs the shit out of this movie. And I think the opening is like one of the best Jurassic Park cold opens that we have in any yes. of these. Yes. Um, it is incredible. It's so so good. Um yeah, I think I think it's I think it's fun, you know? Like I think I like the weird gothic haunted house shit uh at the end. Um I hate all the clone girl stuff because it's just like what the hell does this have to do with anything? And it's like and they're like, "No, see they were friends. They were like colleagues." I was like, "Yeah, but I don't care. I don't know who this guy is. If it's John Hammond, then yeah, give me it all day long. But like it's not John Hammond. It's some guy that you're retconning is like his partner. He's like I don't know, Steve Jobs or uh, whatever. I don't know, whatever the equivalent. Some some sort of like uh, partnership where the other guy is like completely forgotten. I it's just that stuff is so annoying that it like leaves a bad taste in your mouth. I think, but I you know I don't know. I like. I was uh, I was a big fan of the Maisie stuff actually. Really, and uh, upon this rewatch, because I think the Maisie arc of this movie the, the 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 two screenwriters that we referenced earlier in the episode uh colin trevorrow and Derek Connolly, working alone solo this time without i assume any of the arbitration business they had to deal with in jurassic world right um i what something i didn't expect now that we're like almost at the end of this journey is the jurassic park franchise is surprisingly kind of like a mosaic of interests where you have people like, you know, we talked to Andrew on the Jurassic 3 episode where he was like, well, to me, what I love about these movies are like the characters and the the, the family stories and like, you know, these human characters surviving these dinosaur experiences. I mentioned in Jurassic World, I kind of just like seeing like big dinos like chomping down on people. Uh-huh. Uh, Scott, you specifically love the theme park aspect. And like, that's kind of where you get the most jazzed about it. And here we see in this sequel, finally, even more so than the, than Jurassic World. Derek Connolly and Colin Trevorrow seem to be most interested in the DNA sci-fi <laughs> genetic aspects. Right. And yeah. that is just so weird yeah. that I'm that's what that's what kind of glued me on this rewatch is like <laughs> what a what a weird like thing to tw- twinkle to be distracted by in this franchise. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you you have a franchise that is about dinosaurs, and they're like, but wait, there's this really cool human that you have to check out. And it's like, no, they have yeah. so many other movies. And what and what he because he like he looks at the 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 the, the thematic, or I guess like the even like the basis of Jurassic Park, which is we found a way to use genetics to clone dinosaurs. And he takes that suggestion and follows it. Well, if that's true, we wouldn't people being people we wouldn't leave it at dinosaurs <laughs> eventually we would yeah. try to start and like it, it so I, I i won't argue that it's crazy i won't argue that it is arbit that it, it doesn't help your like big fun dinosaur franchise but it's like i can't help but not see the thought process behind it no no, no. i totally <laughs> see the thought process my my issue with it is entirely in the execution like For it's sure. entirely 100%. in the I don't know who this person is. I don't know who she's really. We're meeting all we... of these people for the first time, but they're like tenuously connected to like Hammonds and everything. Like if you had learned that, that Maisie was a clone of John Hammond, yes, 
Lockwood was taken care of because like, well, John's my best friend and like this is his heir or whatever. I mean, that would be equally stupid, but in a different way that I would enjoy more, yeah. I think. <laughs> and, then, and then when we get to do when we cut to Dominion, the trailers of Dominion, Maisie's like, starting to dress like John Hammond. She's starting to got wear, a like, cane. It's just yeah. like this like fourteen year old boy with a cane. <laughs> Um. Yeah, uh, I hated that he had like a matching cane to John Hammond. Like it just. It oh, really... I thought that was the cane. No, it's a matching one. It was his cane. That's yeah, I don't weird. think it could be the original. Yeah, he was buried with it. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Naturally, it yeah, got yeah, split yeah. into two coins and placed over his eyes. <laughs> the two, two Jurassic Park coins. I hope that at some point in this next movie, we learn that there is like. A key. There's something that requires two keys, and it turns out it's the two canes of those oh, guys. God. They have like built-in keys to like yeah. turn over something at the same time. That's so the the rumor, and Nick, you may know the answer to this, but the rumor that I had always heard, or not even a rumor, I think he said it in an interview, was that they were on a drive, they were on a road trip to a wedding, and that they broke Fallen Kingdom in the span of them driving up to the wedding. And I 100% believe that because the 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 feeling of this movie is very like, well, what if this? And the other guy's like, well, yeah, 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 I'm following you. Like, let's keep going. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, we, okay we got a DNA kid that was spawned <laughs> off of, like, he's running an underground raptor building facility underneath a sick man who has no idea this is happening. Yeah. Like, if he had turned out to be... If like the the if the or like okay, <laughs> uh, the person that we never met, so we skipped a generation with the Hammonds, right? We went John mm-hmm. Hammonds and then his grandkids. So if the the villains of this movie, the antagonists, ended up being like like uh, uh, his kids, like maybe or like like Tim's uncle or oh, or yeah. something like that, that sort of generational connection. Then I would, I think I would have been more on board than like his buddy who was also rich and also has a matching cane. Yeah. Know. What if, what if evil Tim? Yes, exactly. Now we're talking. Tim goes bad. And yeah. Lexi's like, like on the, on the run, like on the lamb hacking from like vans and stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think either of them act anymore, unfortunately. Okay. Right. Yeah. I think they're mm-hmm. both, I think they're both. They both retired after kid acting. I could be wrong about that. Um, well, uh, so let's let's talk about uh, the very short um, uh, story of this movie's development. Um, Does that wedding story come up? I did not see the wedding story. I did, okay. however, see that they went to. So so basically, Colin Trevorrow was like, "All right, well, movie's out. It's made a billion dollars. I'm going to go on vacation uh, to Vermont." And uh, Marshall and Spielberg were like, "Great, you gonna work on that uh, Jurassic World sequel? You gonna go? You gonna go write that bad boy?" And he's he's like, "Uh, sure. Hey, Derek Connolly, you want to come with me on vacation to Vermont?" So oh, here we go again. <laughs> yeah. So they just so they go together to Vermont and they hang out in Vermont for eight days and they break the they they basically write an outline for the movie in those eight days. Um. Okay, that, yeah, end that, up, that makes more sense. Yeah. And then end up writing the script, um, you know, in between writing 
um, Duel of the Fates, uh, their ill-fated Star Wars script, um, and uh, uh, Colin directing Book of Henry. Um, wow. Yeah. So two uh, worthwhile endeavors. Yeah. So they're 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 all they're working on that stuff, and um, Colin Trevorrow was very adamant that he didn't want to direct this one um, because he his original thought process was like, oh, it should be like Mission Impossible or like the these new Star Wars movies. A new person should direct each one and give it a different look and a different feel and sort of like carry the ball forward. Um, and now it's so funny because uh, people are like calling him out on that um, in interviews I'm reading about like Fallen Kingdom. And they're like, you know that like when you said that, that was true. But now none of those things are true. And you're coming back to direct the third Jurassic World. And he's like, yeah, funny how things work <laughs> out like that. <laughs> um but he, uh, yeah, I mean, they just, they worked on this entirely by themselves. No ideas from Spielberg this time. Um, Spielberg, you know, gave them those, uh, those sort of like tentpole concepts for Jurassic World of like the theme park being open and uh, a, uh, a, a dinosaur hybrid that escapes and uh, uh, some dude training raptors. So those were like the three best ideas. Yeah, those were those were Spielberg's three ideas for Jurassic World that they had to put into that script. And then when they went to make the script, the the sequel, he's like, I don't know, I got my own problems. I'm directing my own movies right now, so like you can just figure it out, and I'll I'll say yay or nay. Um, but he liked what they did, and he liked that they were bringing it into a new genre with like the sort of horror elements of this of this one. And he liked he really liked the um, sort of animal rights aspect of this and the sort of philosophical question of does an expe- does an extinct species have a right to live? Um, which this film uh, attempts to answer not once, not twice, but on three separate occasions in this film. Yes. <laughs> so it really, really digs its heels into that, that uh, philosophical question. Um, but it is uh i don't know it's it's a mixed bag of a movie i mean you know they they uh after they wrote the script um they went to ja bayona because you know uh everybody was like oh my god that um monsoon movie uh absolutely right. rules um that mom gets wrecked everybody gets wrecked i mean this is just this is like a a perfect guy for a jurassic park movie um, and Colin Trevorrow was like, I don't know. And then he saw the orphanage and he was like, oh, this guy could direct my script uh, because of that third act. He wanted a guy who he knew could do like a spooky haunted house thing. So the third um, act was always a spooky haunted house. Yes. OK. OK. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Because oh. I, I didn't know if they had retconned <laughs> that when they got him because they got a horror director. No, no. That was always the plan. He always wanted to to like have the 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 concept of it was basically like okay we want to go from jurassic world the theme park to jurassic world literally um you know the dinosaurs are are free roaming uh, around so how do we go from point a to point b so this is or yeah so this is like that step in between and he was like i want to go from the island to the dinosaurs involved in a human 
like the the humans are in power, but it's like a new scenario that we've never seen them in before, which is like just some dude's house. Um, and he just like wanted to like have that experience and then um, you know, eventually like open the floodgates at the end of the movie um for Dominion. And uh and so that's that's what they did. And and you know, Bayona, um the thing that like really endeared him to um Bryce Dallas Howard, who was like very unsure about another director coming in. Um, but he talked about he told her that he's a film professor um when he's not making movies and he taught an entire like semester like course on Jurassic Park. And so he was like, yeah, and now I'm directing the fifth one. I this is weird. Like he was just talking about like how weird that was and she was just very charmed by like this this guy who just loved Jurassic Park and loved it as a film and uh wanted to, you know, do justice. So you know, they made this movie. Um, that's it. I mean, like, there's, like, not a lot. Like, the majority of the sort of drama of all of this is related to um, Trevorrow's, like, Book of Henry and 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 the Star Wars stuff and yeah. all things that we're going to get into in um, uh, probably on a, on a small scale when we talk about Dominion, but on a larger scale on our Patreon where we're, we're covering um, all of that stuff in detail. But um, yeah, I don't know. This movie is yeah. uh, it's interesting. <laughs> I mean, you know, you brought up Jurassic Park three has come up a couple times. Yeah, and because I think like you know, for most people, those two are like tied for the bottom, mm-hmm. and they're interesting inverses of each other because we talked about how the strength and weakness of Jurassic Park three is that movie is so unambitious. Yeah, and just a creature feature. Yeah, and it like knows what it is, and depending on your opinion, it delivers. Yeah. And this movie is trying to do so much more and has these big, weird sci-fi concept ideas. But you could really argue if it accomplishes any of those ideas effectively. So kind of I could see like why each one you would prefer one or the other if you were like picking your favorite. Yeah. Without Bayona behind the camera, I think this is this movie is infinitely less watchable. Yes. Um, yes. Because he finds these unbelievably cinematic moments in this film that are just like will will like kind of knock your socks off when you're when you're seeing them happen on screen um for a variety of reasons. But if you just tell somebody the plot of this movie, I it's just not interesting enough. Like it's it, it's like there's a ton of ideas, but all of them are paid lip service. And so like none of them like dig really deep in any interesting way. So it's just like idea to idea to idea to idea and the movie's over. Um, which is unfortunate, I think. Uh ready to get into the uh the breakdown? Yeah. Uh I've concluded these movies have no through line when it comes to openings. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> each of you know we, we've kind of critiqued each one for having like oh this one didn't open they, they all open so differently yeah what yeah. is the opening of og world uh the iconic like thumb like with like black screen and like the title cards like amblin entertainment okay what have you okay right scott am i, am I remembering yeah that yeah and then the eggs 
and then the eggs. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yes. The Indominus eggs. Oh, hey, oh uh, I think. Oh, did you say World or Park? No, 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 no. World. No, no. no. Yeah, that's that's what. Okay. I was okay. I was describing yeah. Park. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It opens with the eggs, and this one opens with. I mean, you know, you can't knock it. It is. It is setting up. You know, it opens with lava pouring close-up of lava pouring over the jurassic world logo you know exactly the movie you are in for there is a choir singing as like as molten fills the (laughs) mold of the title i think this is the most choir heavy jurassic park movie so far yeah i think that's i think that's accurate um this opening sequence though holy shit yeah so we we return we return to ila nublar and a team has been sent, uh, you know, later on, we could just assume by Eli Mills to uh, recover DNA of the Indominus Rex from the bottom of the uh, the body of water. I guess that lake, that tank that he got dragged into from by the uh, Mosasaurus. Mosasaurus. Yeah. yeah, I think I mean, grunts in like the Jurassic series are usually pretty dumb, but I find the guys in this opening to be like particularly oblivious to everything about their surroundings or like, or or the history of where they are. I wouldn't, I'm glad you brought that up. I wouldn't doubt if they knew nothing about how the Indominus Rex was killed, that there is a Molossosaurus or Mesosolosaurus down there. Like covered it all up. Or I guess like engine it would be. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I mean, we, we meet, we meet old Buffalo Bill later. And, well, yeah, uh, yeah. I, his whole, I mean, it, it seems like these guys are part of that crew and that crew are not mm-hmm. full of a lot of smart guys. I mean, those guys are. <laughs> no, yeah. I think we'll they is their yeah. name No Step? They're, they drive trucks that say No Step on them, but I didn't know if that just meant like, if that was like a warning to soldiers, like no, no step <laughs> on the truck. Oh, like yeah, don't don't step on this. I don't know, but I I thought that was because uh, I think they're the the uh, D'Onofrio's group in the first one has like a dumb name, right? His little team of Mercs in the first one, or are they just Engine? Yeah, they're just Engine. Okay. They're, yeah, they're, yeah, they're just like the military. He's like trying to start like a militarized wing of Engine, basically. Okay. Yeah, I think if you had like gone to D'Onofrio's corpse and found like the little notebook that he had in his pocket, it would have been like drawings of him with raptors with like laser helmets and armor and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. You guys, I mean, I mean we're a... we're five deep now. You've talked about how dumb it would be for the military to work with like dinosaurs, right? Like, have you covered this yet? Oh, like the 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 draft that that one they were developing, where there were going to be like a well, ghost. Team it just kind of like seems like that's what every bad guy, especially in the world trilogy, wants to do with them. I don't know about I, I don't remember that far back for the first one, but this new trilogy, it seems like they always want to use them for some kind of combat scenario. It's very silly. Um, it, it's just very silly. That being, well, I guess like please. this. This movie, I wish there was a scene where our heroes were like tied up in a room in like some sort of like Bond villain scenario where he's mm-hmm. like gonna send some dinosaurs in to get them, um, and they got to escape. That would fit this movie to a T, and I wish it was that yeah. scene was in this. 
like Judy Dench telling Bond from his earpiece to like trust the Raptor to let the Raptor have a PP7. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, begrudgingly like takes the Raptor's hand and helps him up. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I, because like in the auction, we hear that like later on, we hear that like oh, some of them want to buy the rat the dinosaurs for like security, or like I think it is the equivalent to use like the animal analogy of like you know a drug dealer having like a tiger in his right compound. They're just exotic animals to them. I yeah, think. because I, and I don't think this is communicated well enough in the movies. Dinosaurs have in this universe been a thing since to most people at least nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, are they, have they been normalized enough in like this world society that it wouldn't, because you know, the other thing that people, not to jump all over the place, but people give this movie a lot of shit for like how low ball <laughs> these dinosaurs are being. Are being yes. Asked. Yeah. No, they're, they're, they're getting them. <laughs> yeah. They're getting them for a steal. <laughs> like, I think the first one goes for like 10 mil. Unbelievable. <laughs> Completely mind boggling. Like, I don't know. I don't know how much like a crocodile costs or like, I don't know how much like a, a, a lion costs. But a crocodile and a lion are one of a kind of a, animals. Yeah, of a dinosaur. Um, also, also by having, by buying this dinosaur, you can also like, you know, hire and or kidnap a scientist to then infinitely clone that dinosaur because right. that I technology mean, yeah. is just out there, you know? there yeah. there's, a, there's a great line that Henry Wu has when... He didn't want the Endoraptor to be sold. And it's like, don't worry. Like, we have the Endoraptor. And he's like, now they do too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll make more. Yeah. So- yeah. So will they. But he's not worried about that with any of the other dinosaurs that he's selling off that they're going <laughs> right. to also now do these yeah. weird underground auctions. Are there like, is there a class of people in the Jurassic World world, like biohackers? Like, are biohackers getting called up on the phone and it's like, hey, our client just bought a raptor and wants you to like make more raptors get on it. And he's like, well, another day in life. Yeah. Maybe they'll maybe they'll show up in Dominion. Maybe that's part of what that's going to be about. Oh, I want Laura Dern to say biohacker really bad. Biohacker. <laughs> Don't we? They're all. rogue cloners. They're rogue cloners, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> uh, uh, so we get we we get like a uh, a BBC World News update on what's happened in the three years since the Jurassic World incident. Um, a volcanic uh, volcanic activity has been like detected. There was this long dormant volcano that has been erupted, and um, but yeah, so the volcano, yeah, sure. Here's my issue with the volcano. I love what it does cinematically. I think okay. it, it poses a very interesting question about letting them die, et cetera, et cetera. All that mm-hmm. stuff is interesting. I don't know that they do the most interesting things with it, but it is Can I guess what you're going to say before you say it? Yes, go ahead. It, that it undoes the stakes of every other movie that came before it? I mean, to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah, because like here's the thing, just just going back one movie, right? We mm. had an open theme park on this island. Regardless of what happened in yes. 2015, this island was going down. Like the theme park was yeah. going to get shut down. Like the great movie but Mass, I, I, it was only going to be around for about two and a half years. Yes. Right, yeah, but in uh in the wake of the Jurassic World incident, uh 
Maler, uh, uh, Irfan Khan's uh, Masrani, the, the Masrani group has suffered $800 million in lawsuits. Mm-hmm. And like, the, 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 who, who knows what the corporate the company is like? Who knows if, 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 if they're even still like active? I think in a world where Claire didn't make the Indominus Rex and get a bunch of people killed <laughs> and Jurassic World was still open in like 2016, 2017, I think, I think is like they would have detected that the volcano woke up and been like, oh, shit, the volcano woke up. Let's move everything to like the mainland or Isla Sorna or someplace else, because then I think the government and like the the like world in general wouldn't have been as like axe grindy on Jurassic World. Let me let me let me pose. A, 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 an alternate universe, like, an alternate Jurassic please. World. Please, away. Yeah. In which the movie is going, the Jurassic World is open, everything is fine, mm. there is not an Indominus Rex, everybody loves the dinosaurs, they're having no financial issues, the board is we did not it. complaining. We, we figured it out. We did it. And then the volcano hits, and that's what breaks all of the dinosaurs loose. And not only do you have to worry about the theme park, being like having this ecological disaster, but also dinosaurs are loose, but also you don't want them to die because they're animals. Like, I feel like that is a movie where like the theme park is open when the volcano happens is a vastly superior movie, probably to either what we get here or what we got in Jurassic World. Yeah, Just you could have taken both of these level. movies, yeah, combined them into one film. Yeah, I think the reason this is this is just such an unnecessary movie. Uh-huh. It if there's some interesting bits of lore and there's some moments, but yeah, it feels like everything in this movie could have been pushed back into Jurassic World or pushed it into Dominion. And mm-hmm. it just feels like it, it kind of feels it's the most like franchise fodder that the yeah. Jurassic movies have felt like. We really is just spinning its wheels for two hours it does feel a little bit like imagine vincent d'onofrio the volcano happens vincent d'onofrio is like this is my chance to get some of these dinosaurs off this island so i can train them for my military shit and sell it this is my chance and so like he's going in and trying to get out all of the predators and that's like causing a lot of the issues so it's like more of like a nedry situation you know, where he's like, because there's no evidence. Steal, it's yeah. Instead of instead of embryos, he's trying to steal actual dinosaurs. Yeah, uh, right. Like that's like, <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. And then you wouldn't you have, have to have a movie. Or no, sorry, go ahead. You could, yeah, and then you can have this whole movie that's just about the rich dudes and the auctions and all of that stuff, which I think you could have expanded into a full film, added some elements to it, and I think it could have been a lot more interesting than just being sort of like a third of this movie. Well, and it's like, what is he what is he trying to say with the auction? Because like if if there is no lore, like if he's not introducing anything new and and he seems to want to I mean he focuses the back half of this movie on this dinosaur auction like what i guess i just don't understand what he wants us to think about the auction i mean obviously yeah, well, that i guess it's, it's like horrendous but well yeah i think it's what scott said about like the exotic animal uh, analogy mm-hmm. which is like this is what humans will do when given dinosaurs they will like commodify them and if you make them illegal then the black market will get a hold of them and they'll just end up in the hands of drug dealers like pablo escobar and his hippopotamuses 
Yeah. I think Trevorrow is a deeply, deeply cynical filmmaker um, that enjoys pop cinema. And as a result, those two things sort of bump heads like the like the dinosaur in this movie uh, sure. and uh, like my the cutest best dinosaur in the movie um i i think that like that's why book of henry doesn't work because it is a deeply cynical movie that is try attempting to like also pull all these sort of like ambliny feels but it's like you can't merge those two things man like that it's just it's it it doesn't work, and I think he's trying to make it work because those are his two interests. It's like I want to make movies like this, but I am very interested in these deeply cynical threads, and as a result, you get these movies that people like can't respond to because they're just like I I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about this. Does the first Jurassic Park feel cynical to you all watching it now? Um. I think no, the movie hardly at all, but from what I've heard of the book, mm-hmm. and it feels like the book really has, like, I think Colin Trevorrow is more in common with Michael Crichton than Steven Spielberg, Interesting. it seems like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the book is extremely cynical. Like, Hammonds is, a, is just a capitalist pig. Like, he's just a piece of shit. Um, and, and is like, he gets, he gets iced in the movie, and you're glad that it happens. Like, you're like, oh, thank God, that guy's dead. Now we can all move on. Um, as opposed to like how Steven Spielberg and David Kep paint him, which is as this sort of like, I'm doing my best. Like, I just want to make something for the people. I want right. to bring this thing and I want to do this positive thing. And the, the other one is like, I want to make some fucking money. Like, I'm going to be rich. We're all going to be rich. He had a lot more in common with the lawyer than with the Hammonds in the movie. Right. Or or with uh, Irfan Khan from uh, World, almost. Yeah. Yeah. He he was cynical, I think, in a different way, like just in terms of like he was cynical in like a uh, a privilege standpoint of like he's so rich, he can't see how stupid what he's doing is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Piloting yeah. a helicopter into <laughs> right. pterodactyls, just assuming. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got this. I'm rich. <laughs> you too. Come with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, a much contested aspect of this movie was certainly featured prominently in the trailers leading up to its release. We get the infamous Ian Malcolm inserts. Yeah. Like book shoots the bookends. Yeah. Um, where we get Dr. Malcolm returning for the first time since 1997 um, in the middle of a, from what I understand, he's giving like his closing remarks or his, he's been invited to talk on the, they're holding like some kind of summit about what to do with Ela Nublar erupting. What is our responsibility with these dinosaurs? And Ian Malcolm is like, this is, this is, you know, nature taking its course. It is, we should not have made these dinosaurs as difficult as it may be. We should let them die. Well, when they showed him at the end, I read it as that the whole thing had been a hearing about the fact that they are just dinosaurs out in America now. Scott, did you get, did you, okay, I'm I'm glad we're figuring, we're talking about this. Do you think these are the same depositions or two different, like, days of the week? Because I don't know if he's wearing different outfits. (laughs) I didn't, I didn't I don't think he is. (laughs) I assume that they were the same deposition, but I've never thought about it being a flash forward at the beginning. Um, 
I think he does say because there was something he said today when I that I that that I perked up and was like, oh, this is after. Oh, oh, like like in in that cold open, he's saying stuff. You're like, oh, this takes place after the events of this movie. I think it was in the second one that he says something. Yeah, but something along the lines of like, uh, now we have to live with them, or yeah, right, yeah. Because it's it's like yeah, because in this one, in this first one, he's talking about like, look, I know it's sad but we should let these things die. It's like, is he talking about it in the, is this going to happen or it's happened already and it sucked? Yeah, that's not super clear and that's not good. Um, Because yeah, it would make (laughs) sense then that it's a flash forward because then, because I've always been baffled by like, why are we flashing back to this just so we can say like the poignant, like I'm going to say the title of the movie um, Mm. or or title of the franchise because it's like you have the opening bit and then a little while later, you get the news report of, like, the senators being like, we're not doing shit. We're letting them die. Um, and that, like, sets Dr. off Dr. Malcolm was right. Yeah. That, that sets off their our, our heroes. But they don't mention anything about Ian Malcolm, right? They just. Yeah, they don't say, like, after conferring with Dr. Uh, because of in light of Dr. Malcolm's remarks, we've yeah. decided to let them They just burn. go and they, they just make the decision. So, theoretically, that could be about the volcano and the Jeff Goldblum stuff the Ian Malcolm stuff could be post, you know, releasing them into the wild or the Lockwood. And I think regardless, it's dumb and should have been kept out of the movie. Probably. Yes. So my understanding, Scott, you you might, you you might have encountered this in your research. Was this like a late edition? Was this a reshoot? I could not find anything in the research search. I tried to like, I read so many goddamn Colin Trevorrow interviews. Um, oh no, <laughs> you poor soul! So many, uh, and I couldn't, I couldn't find anything um, hmm. on on what the situation was. He is in a lot of the special features on the on the on the Blu-ray, um, huh. where there's like a scene where like the whole cast is interviewing him, and then he's interviewing the cast about like this new movie, and they're like comparing and contrasting. Uh, their, uh, uh, I guess, experiences making a Jurassic Park movie because, you know, he didn't really make one this time. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and uh, uh, but it, it didn't seem like, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I could see that being a, like, maybe they shot it and then they were like, it's missing something and then went and shot mm-hmm. those Goldblum things. But I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. I think it, I'd almost wonder if it like spoiled, would him being in Dominion feel like more of an event if they hadn't like shoehorned yes. him into this one? I th- yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah. It Especially because feels... like all three of them are acting regularly. It's not like you're like Linda Hamilton where it's like you're pulling her almost out of retirement. Like, right, right. you know, it would just be seeing them associated with the franchise that would be cool. And we've already kind of spoiled that by just having him sit in a chair for like five minutes. Right. Saying the yeah. time. Because, like, that's the thing is, like, if Hammond, if if you could have had Hammonds in this, which obviously we can't, uh, <laughs> but that's who you would want in this role, right? In mm-hmm. this, if you're having this hearing thing, because he has a connection to the guy, his best buddy, who's, like, cloning his daughter. Like, <laughs> there's that connection. And then also, like, his word, him saying we should kill those dinosaurs or let them die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm not going to kill you, but I'm, I don't have to save you. Uh, mm-hmm. 
him saying that is have much in quotes more, Batman begins at deposition today <laughs> much more <laughs> impactful than Ian Malcolm who has barely survived these things twice you know right yeah um he has no heart yeah. for the dinosaurs that he like infamously no. like hates and makes fun of well, <laughs> yeah. well Ian Malcolm famously no friend of the dinosaur yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um oh I'm I'm in love with the uh, with Clara's establishing shot in this and how it's like a remake of her intro shot in Jurassic World. We get yes. a close up on her shoes. This time she's wearing boots. We pan up instead of being like sleek business gal. She's like haggard for profit, you know, nonprofit worker. And then like the fight, the button of the elevator doesn't even work. I yeah. so I love that. But it, it made me realize two things. Number one, mm-hmm. it made me realize, like, oh, man, Bayona is a great director because, like, that would be a super easy thing for Trevorrow to do, connection for Trevorrow to make. But the fact yeah. that, like, Bayona, di- he, didn't direct, he didn't direct Jurassic World, but he's still going to, like, pull Trevorrow's shot and he's going to recreate that shot and bring it in here to reintroduce the protagonist in this film. However, but it also made me realize that I swear to God, if she is not introduced on an elevator feet first in Dominion, that's going to tell me everything I ever need to know about Trevorrow as a director. Yeah. Does he get it, or is he just accidentally doing this? (laughs) Yeah. I'm just going to be like, dude. (laughs) Is he going to see what Bayona did and honor it? And he's like, well, I have to do the... Or is he going to pull that freaking Deathly Hollows Part 2 DVD (laughs) and, like, ruin the symmetry? Yes. Yeah. So we'll find out. Yeah, we'll we'll find out. You you all listening to this probably already know. Um, and you're either laughing to yourself or being like, ah, you don't have anything to worry about. You did it. And I'm <laughs> that very was, worried. That, so that movie's please. problems. Yeah. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we learned that Claire works, maybe founded the uh, dinosaur protection group. And has been working round the clock with her new supporting characters. They're doing uh, a bad Franklin. job. Well, they uh, they 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 got that one sen- they got that one senator on board, and then like five minutes later, they come out and say that they've already decided that they're not going to help. So who was that senator? They got that senator on board like they were selling her like, they were selling her Girl Scout cookies over the phone. Right. Yeah. Uh. uh- Oh man! We meet uh, Franklin, played by Justice Smith. Uh, would go on to be in Detective Pikachu. He's much and... better in Detective yes. Pikachu. Yes, he he's a <laughs> he's a bad character and person in this film. Yeah. He is one of the most poorly written characters I've seen in a big movie like this. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, he really emphasizes like when you go back to like that first Jurassic Park movie and how like you know believable and lived in and like likable everyone was and this every one of this guy's lines is a temp line yeah yeah no, yeah none of them hit we're not we're not compatible like okay we'll fill in the actual line later i hated right? that I, yeah. I my mouth dropped open when i heard that and i was like what the f- what does that even mean man in this context what does that mean compatible for what you're not on a dating app 
Like, what are you talking about? You and I don't get along. (laughs) Their first, the first interaction that he has with that other person where she's like, you plug in wires, don't you? And he's like, I I know what you do. Like, it is the most stilted dialogue I have ever heard between the two of them. And we're supposed to believe that they're like work chums. Like, just let him riff. Let him rip for, for 10 seconds. Yeah. Oh, man. And then, ha- I mean, having him just, like, embrace that it, horrible scream. That scream lives in my brain 24-7, yes. that scream. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, and then Zia, who um, I don't have the actress's name committed to memory, but she would go on to be Faye Valentine in that Cowboy Bebop show. And I heard That's she's like, the best part of it. Okay, yes. I saw her. Okay. She's, oh, she she's great. Yeah, not the character. Oh. I think the actress is oh, okay. great. <laughs> yeah, the actor, the actress is great. She's she's really good in that Cowboy Bebop show um, that I stopped watching because it was canceled. But because um, I, I, I'm like, well, if you're, I'm not going to finish if you're not. Uh, so, well, uh, uh, I don't know. I yeah, again, very poorly written, very basic and feels very very much like two dudes writing a feminist and, I mean, and kind of right woman reference in yeah oh. and and with with justice smith's oh. character it kind of feels like they're writing like if not like it like zoomer right like it, it feels like they're writing a zoomer like he he doesn't like being outside he wants to be on his computer he doesn't like talking to men about things like it just feels so pessimistic and like looking down on younger people yeah they definitely are like yeah the kind of like the activist tropes that we were seeing a lot of yes back yeah. in the tens um yeah i i'm also just like <sighs> They're just like cartoon characters, like especially her. I think like he's just like a like doesn't feel like a cartoon character because he doesn't feel like anything. <laughs> but like she feels very much like a cartoon character. Like one, she's a well designed character because like I think I could draw a picture of her right now. Right. Like if, if they did like a Fallen Kingdom animated series, you could imagine her like translating well. Oh, a hundred percent. Yes, hundred percent. But like every, but she has like these completely unearned brass balls that are just like so apparently because i like i was looking up like you know how to spell these characters names and stuff for my notes it says in the wiki that she's a former marine okay so that because she she talks to ted levine with such disrespect for a man who's holding an assault rifle like in her face okay okay so 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 that makes more sense but i don't remember that ever coming up I really am trying to remember because I just watched this. I don't think there's ever a scene where, you know, when she's doing the blood transfusion stuff, she's like, look, back when I was in Afghanistan, like I used to do this a lot. I know how to do this or, you know, something like that. I just assumed she was a vet. Listeners, let us know. Let us know if. Like, I just assumed she was like a dinosaur vet. Like, she went to school. She loves animals. Yeah. Yeah. A vampire, maybe, because she's so good with transfusions. Right. (laughs) And blood. Let. Listeners, let us know if we missed anything about real, Zia's background real, in the Marine Corps. Doctor Michael Morbius. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that she says it's Mormon time at one point. She says, "Oh, and get over here, it's Mormon time." It makes sense now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the midst of all of this, you know, them seeing on the news that they're not going to help the dinosaurs, uh, Claire gets a phone call uh, that she has been summoned to Lockwood Estates, home to Benjamin Lockwood 
who has been like retconned, like we've said, into basically being John Hammond's uh, co-buddy, like assistant partner in crime. They're the ones who started it all, who like started cooking with like DNA and genealogy and stuff like that, which I don't even remember being a thing. That's the other thing. Do you remember that John Hammond was not a scientist? He was a rich dude who paid scientists to execute his ideas. If anything, this guy probably would have been partners with like Samuel L. Jackson's character, maybe. Right, or Henry. Why why wouldn't you just make him, uh, uh, what's his name's partner? Like, um, yeah, Henry, right? uh, What is his name? Henry Henry Wu. Wu. Yeah. Yeah. Make him Wu's partner. Then you have Wu in the movie, and he's like. But then you, but then you can't get the when Claire when Claire visits the estate. You've got that you know oil painting of John Hammond for her to. He could uh, still have Hammond, that. Yeah. He could still be a fan. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I like uh, this guy. But yeah, you're kind of if I'm remembering Jurassic Park correctly. Yeah, he started the flea circus. Yeah, and then he was like an entrepreneur, right? Like kind of like a Richard Branson type. Yeah. So like yeah, it doesn't you gotta, even make sense. <laughs> not a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe you could argue that like Benjamin was the the nerd and like John Hammond was like the Steve Jobs like I'm going to go take drugs in the desert and like yeah. be on a t-shirt. Right. I guess but they don't establish that. I guess that's possible. But but then it's just like well then why Henry Wu? Like where did he oh, like, go? Like why did he stop Helping him with the Jurassic Park stuff. Oh, I, I was still thinking of John Hammond. I was thinking of John Hammond being like the the Steve Jobs taking drugs in the desert. Right, guy. that's what I'm saying. So, like, oh, okay, then I don't so, understand. So, what I'm saying is, if he's if that's the case, then how did Henry Wu get involved versus his this guy? Oh, 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 oh! You're saying why isn't Benjamin in Jurassic Park? Yes, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it makes it's almost as if it was completely retconned and was never thought of. Unless like Henry was like there, you know, like you know, like the scene in X Men First Class, he was like the first one that both Benjamin and Hammond like sought out together. Maybe. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's me. This is me like really trying to make this. Uh, I like how in (laughs) retrospect Claire is kind of visiting where the finale is going to happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we get to see the mansion in the daytime, and we see, like, the statues and all that stuff. And we meet Eli Mills, uh, one of the most immediately... Bad guy. Like, eatable, you know? Yeah, like, bad guy, and also, like, you're going to get eaten by a T-Rex. Oh, yes, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Do you think... Played by one of the Andes, Scott. By one of the Andes, and by, like... The thing that I can't I can't get over is just like that he's the kid from Shaun of the Dead who when oh, Simon's right. like, I've got things I want to do with my life, and he says, When? <laughs> he's that kid. Like it's mind boggling to me every time I look at him. Uh, do you think that he's uh, miscast yeah. in this role? Because I don't find him as slimy as I feel like the role mm. wants me to find him. I I think he's Please. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. I think he's doing his best, but I definitely think it doesn't help that he is immediately shown up in terms of sliminess later on by Toby Jones. I almost, yeah, I almost want to swap them. Like, I almost feel like him coming in as like the debonair, like auctioneer mm-hmm. would have been better. And Toby Jones just being this like weird little dude that works for Cromwell. 
Yeah. What do you I, think, Scott? My, my feeling is that the issue with him is, is that the, the film needs somebody who is slimier, but also more charming. So my oh, someone who can yeah my pitch is this should be John Ham. If this was John Ham, yeah, it would be a billion times better just yeah. right away. Yeah, right. Like the the audience could be like, oh, he's in smarmy John Ham mode. He's the bad guy. This is fun. But you could still be like, oh, I can understand Claire and everyone being like. No, he's a good dude. He he means what he because like yeah, when he's making his pitch to Claire, it's like, look, Claire, we have an island. Yeah. Like, I just want your yeah. little blue raptor. <laughs> like, I promise yeah. I'll be nice to him. Like, dude, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> or like uh, in that scene later on where he snaps at Maisie. Yeah, it's that's like, like full Don Draper mode. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because yeah, I yeah I agree. He either needed to be more charming or just completely lean into the slime, and we immediately know, like, okay, you're she's an idiot, and you're a bad guy. <laughs> uh, it didn't help that every trailer at the time for this movie featured Bryce Dallas Howard screaming. It was all a lie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so last week we were talking mm-hmm. about the casting of Chris Pratt, and like once again. We're having the same thing that happened with Jurassic World, where everyone was sort of like, oh, yeah, the main character of Jurassic World, Chris Pratt's character, Owen oh, Grady. Owen right? Grady. As, well, <laughs> the joke is that no one knows what his name is except for us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we haven't talked but, about him yet. But, well, because oh, he hasn't shown Grady. up in the movie yet. Yeah. And that's that's exactly my point is, again, we're two movies in a row. He is not the protagonist of this series. He is a supporting character. Claire is literally the help side, like usher in a new age of of Earth. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. Like Claire is the protagonist. But last week we were talking about him, and we were like, who could have played this role in like 2015? Oh, yeah. Who could have played this role better? Like, would have been able to like n- don't change the script, but just like do what this role needed. I guess to be more enjoyable for people. Who did I you guess, land on? More on board. We couldn't figure it out. What about like, Joel Kinnaman? Because I, I've always thought Joel Kinnaman. Joel Kinnaman, interesting. Um, out there, out there, like working on his bike. Yeah, I mean, that's I, a man's I, man right there. Well, see, but that's the issue. Is I think that the that the, it's too much of a man's man, and that's what's turning a lot of people off from it. Because remember that there was that whole. I mean, you know. It, in retrospect, it's like really messed up. But there was that whole thing where Joss Whedon like put the the movie on blast for that scene um, at his uh, bungalow um, in the first movie. Oh, oh, they're, yeah, yeah they're flirting. Like, yeah, yeah. He didn't and even he, fall on her boobs. Joss he, Whedon said, "Right, right, right." It was it was like ridiculous. Yeah, um, and everyone was like, "Yeah, see, it's anti-feminist or whatever." Sure. And now it's like that's embarrassing for everyone involved. Um, but, um, the, uh, uh, no, my, my thought, I couldn't think of this Mm. last week, but then I was like, what if you get, what if you put Ryan Reynolds in that part? Oh yeah. Now I know Ryan Reynolds is like overdone now, but think, go back Uh and think about 2015, Ryan Reynolds in 2015. It could have set him down a better path. Maybe. Whoa. That's before Deadpool. Is yeah. it? Oh, it is because that's 2016, right? Yeah. Deadpool's 2016. In fact, he wow. probably was shooting Deadpool while this was shooting. Well, I'm. Yeah, that's 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 that's. Yeah, there's a there's like no chance that both could have happened. Yeah, yeah. interesting. But but, but my, so my question for you, Scott, yeah, is like 
what do you because like okay owen grady we literally see him his first scene in the movie is he's like working on a cabin like rambo 3 like near parody levels of like matcha which i'll get into why that's bullshit narratively in a couple minutes but like do you kind of feel like owen grady needed like less like frat boy energy or like and more like grizzled man's man or do you want it to be more like vulnerable and like you know yeah i think it needs to be more vulnerable and more given more of an opportunity to like put his foot in his mouth more because like that's like a nate drake kind of more a little bit more of a nate drake vibe yes a hundred percent and that's why my mind goes to ryan reynolds because i think of like i think of that first scene where he's introduced um well you know him and claire in that in that movie and i'm thinking about ryan reynolds saying exactly what she says where she's like you showed up in board shorts and he's like what kind of diet do you not drink tequila on and she's like all kind of them. Di- yeah. i can see that going back and forth but, and you still see yeah. that sort of flicker in his eye of just like i really like her and you know like yeah like chris pratt there's more of that kind of like you're you're a dummy and you don't know you're a dummy like yeah yeah right I yeah. I feel like in a Ryan Reynolds is Owen Grady movie when he climbs down from building on working on the cabin because when Chris Pratt does it it's like I'm working on a cabin I'm a badass American Miller like kind of guy yeah. I feel like if that was Ryan Reynolds it would have been like you know you're building that wrong right or like he it's facing the wrong way or you know there would have been like a little twist to be like yeah he's a dumbass right 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 I, I guess I you know there go ahead I find their romance to be so bad and it it feels like like they specifically write it off screen like we always meet them and they talk about (laughs) oh well we here's what happened when we tried it last time and no one got to see it but it was so good and we promise it was very good we have a lot of good chemistry so like it almost makes me feel like I i wish owen was more like a jeff bridges type like an older man and they could have more of like a father-daughter kind of relationship almost than like this weird love thing that I feel like they don't want to dedicate any time to, but they want us to like completely invest in. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Cause like we please. I could see that work as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's the hack. It's the easiest decision to just like, okay, so we get to the end of Jurassic world. His last line of the movie is we should probably stick together. <laughs> And then, like H said, off camera, it was like, now sleep in my trailer. And she's like, no, I'm leaving. And he wouldn't let her drive. She 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 wanted to drive and he wouldn't let her. Right. And it's like, okay, well, that's like a honeymooners joke. And I guess that's all that we get. You know, (laughs) (laughs) why do writers do that? Why do writers set themselves up with that and then kill it in between movies? I never understand that. Right. It's kind of like yeah skipping over the most interesting part yeah going back to status quo well i i I think it's because they they don't think that they're a strong enough writer they don't feel confident enough to be able to write a in relationship like in relationship Mm -hmm. characters um because you know every it's like the easy thing is to like write them falling in love and so like it's like okay let's just have them do that every movie um because i know how to do that it makes it makes no sense that Owen wouldn't be working with Claire already. Like right. we've learned, we've learned in the first movie, he thinks of the dinosaurs as animals. He's formed a connection to them. He knows blue is still on Ela Nublar. 
what why is he like living out in the woods by himself like, also what, what who, baggage is he paying for around? that how is he paying? yeah did, right. he, did he sue that company did he like make a bunch of money is he on? one of the yeah i would is like that, to think there that, was like yeah there was an employer settlement at jurassic that's world that's probably like, how she started her thing and oh probably, she took that money yeah yeah lauren lapkus is like on that. a beach in paris mm-hmm. Good with david spade yeah with david spade <laughs> Jake Johnson bought oh. all the Jurassic Park merchandise he could possibly. He's like, all right, I did it. <laughs> he blew it all on eBay. <laughs> oh, man. I hope they're all in Dominion. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, we learned that. Oh, so back at the back in the mansion, we learned that the dinosaurs still have their ID chips on. So if they can return to Ilanublar, turn back on the radio signal, they'd be able to track the dinosaurs. And so clear. Thanks help engine evacuate the dinos off the island. Uh so Owen's like no for some reason. Um I I think they retrofitted like look we want we want Owen to see watch videos home videos of baby blue. He only would do that if he was Yeah, it goes like, completely against his character and she even points out like what why why are you doing you this? Love blue. Yeah. Like why are you but then he he goes back and he watches the baby blue videos. Uh, that was uh, Scott. What 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 did you think of baby blue? I mean, look, yeah, I'm uneasy, Mark, for this. I love, <laughs> I love like cute little animals, and uh, yeah, it's cute. It's cute, especially when she starts bossing around her sisters. Like that's cute. It's really cute. It's yeah. good. They're they're cat coated in a way you can't resist. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, I like the baby blue design. I like the little animatronic because they were, they were those are all practical, right? Yeah, I These think so. Blue. Yeah. Oh wow, way more practical uh, dinosaurs in this one. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, then we meet uh, Maisie, the dog. Okay. So so sad. We see we see James Cromwell in bed looking at old photos of his daughter. Uh, it's his bookmark. <laughs> she uses yes. it as his bookmark. And then, like his the clone runs in. And she's like, "Grandpa, Grandpa, Grandpa, I'm I'm not a, I'm not a clone." And he's like, "Oh, you're so like you're." It's so sad how he is like living with a new version of his daughter, but he is still like stuck in the past. Here, here's my the the, the problem with this too, though, is that like uh-huh. there's this stupid trope in Hollywood where they cast like they cast uh, like people to play themselves and their like ancestor and, and shit. Right. And you know, when a movie is like this, when a movie is, you know, kind of, this is a dumb, dumb movie. Like it's a dumb mm-hmm. movie. It's fun. And I love it, but it's dumb. And so like when I see the bookmark and I see her, I don't immediately think clone. I am just thinking like, Oh, I guess they just cast her as like the the mother and the daughter. That's mm-hmm. you know, par for the course in old Hollywood. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Nepotism strikes again. Um, <laughs> I uh, I like the actor playing Maisie. I think I like that she's an active agent. I like how it's not just like she's going on a little mystery. And every time we cut back to her, she's kind of learning more about her ancestry, I guess. And then also like the Endoraptor mystery. Yeah, it sucks. Like um, every time she's acting and not speaking, she's incredible. Like she has some of the best facial uh, expressions during this movie, uh, especially in that third act. But every time she's talked, she, she gets saddled with, I think, some of the worst lines in this movie. 
Right. From the writer of Book of Henry. Yes. Uh, they're just like me, she says, Actually, uh, to no. a room full he of dinosaurs. Of he didn't write Book of Henry? No, he did not. Wow. Plot twist. <laughs> he doesn't well, get off. He, he picked it. Doinggenre.com so. slash support. <laughs> uh, so they get to the island. Justice Smith Franklin is like, I just don't want to see a T-Rex. Please, God, I don't want to see a T-Rex. Um, Ted, We meet Ted Levine. <laughs> And oh boy, do we! He's you know he doesn't quite hit D'Onofrio levels, but I think he's like in the same ballpark. I think he walks away with this movie. I think he walks away with the MVP award for this movie, especially for the scene where he shoots uh, Chris Pratt with a dart and then blows him down like a tree. Uh, Incredible, (laughs) incredible stuff. Which leads to the maybe best scene with. Uh, with Owen Grady, which is like him trying to fight paralysis while getting away from the lava, which is like an energy that we, we never get to see him in that energy of like yeah. being physical yeah. comedy. You yeah, know? people shit it's on a, that scene a, a lot, I feel like, but I feel like that's one of the more inventive set pieces in the movie. Yeah. If it was in an Indiana if it was in an Indiana Jones movie, no one would talk about it. Yeah. No one no. would give a shit. No, it, it would but, be it, it's because he takes himself so seriously all the time. And then we have this one scene where the movie doesn't take him as seriously. Yeah. It, it just doesn't it doesn't play, unfortunately. But if that was more of his energy all the time, it would be great. Yeah, it's kind of it's the one time I think it really shows how well James Gunn is able to use him in the Guardians movies of like yeah. knowing how to use his inherent kind of goofiness. Yeah. And you still buy, you know, Peter Quill as like an action hero, but you also you you're endeared to him so much more than you are Owen Grady because he's not just an action figure, right? Right. They meet Blue. He tries to assuage Blue, but then Blue gets darted. The bad guys reveal themselves to be bad guys. <laughs> uh, the lava thing happens, and then just one of the longest stretches of just like really, this was like the low point of the movie for me. Um, I just, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't fun seeing the dinosaurs, like slowly realizing that there's like nowhere to, it's just, yeah. it's, you know, it's funny, Scott, when, when you mentioned that Spielberg had nothing to do with the story, like in the, in the script development phase, I was like, oh, there's no way I feel like Spielberg would have shot down that idea as like, no, that would make the audience too sad. Yeah. I will say, um, yeah, the the running through the valley scene, while I think, like, super frantic and scary, I I weirdly find that scene to be a horror scene. Like, I think that a lot of that director's, like, horror background kind of comes, uh, especially when you, like, take the perspective of the sphere as it, like, rolls off the cliff and goes under the water, like... There's some really good stuff, that stretch of driving the truck along the the bridge as it's collapsing, like, but I agree with you, Nick, like, it's kind of tainted with, like, you're hearing dinosaurs scream in agony in the background of, like, and a car like, chase. dropping into the water. Yes, and so, like, yeah, yeah it, and I, like, I have to think that that's intentional, like, they... They want you. I mean, obviously, they want you to feel bad that these <laughs> creatures are dying. But yeah, it's a weird cocktail of emotions. That like weird ten minute stretch. It it feels like not only do they want you to feel bad, but they want you to feel bad because they think you deserve to. Like it feels so 
angry and vindictive. Like yeah. you made this happen. Yeah, like fuck you. You this you did this. And I was like, I didn't vote to kill the dinosaurs. Why are you doing this to me? Like <laughs> it's it is it just feels like very like mean spirited in a way that you know, I think that Colin Trevorrow was looking at it uh from the perspective of like you know, the philosophical question of it all of like do they, you know, it, it, it's all well and good to, like, have this philosophical question of, like, should an extinct species have the right to live? It's another to experience them dying, right? Mm, yeah. And, like, I get that. I get that. But also, I don't want to experience them dying because I don't want them to be extinct. So, like, why are you doing this to me? My other nitpick um, is that they they are, I mean, like, it is worldwide news that this island is going into meltdown and, these and like, these dinosaurs are going to be, like, disintegrated. And you're going to tell me Eli Mills is the only person that had the idea of, like, let's round up some boys in a boat and go over to the island and grab oh, some. Yeah. Right. That's Completely. a good point. Completely. There'd be... I there would be news helicopters. Yeah, yeah. Like every day, like there would be like 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 Trump supporters in like double decker boats, like trying to shove a raptor on there. They'd be like bounty hunters, like yeah. poachers, Elon Musk. Yeah, there would yeah. be tons of of people getting killed. Uh, the uh, they get separated. Uh, they uh, so Zia is with like Toby Jones, not Toby Jones, Ted Levine, and like the Marines. And uh, they sneak aboard the aircraft or the tanker that has all the dinosaurs loaded up. And we do see the we see the Brachiosaur dying, which is kind of like one of the most arresting scenes of the movie. Super heckin sad. Um, but like, yeah, like really striking, like well-directed imagery. And it's centered on Claire. At the end of the scene, it is like the camera focuses on Claire watching this happen. And. It kind of recenters, it kind of reinforces why she is absolutely the protagonist of these movies, mm -hmm. because that informs her decision later on, or or, or she's asked, she's tested once again, because mm -hmm. like she, we saw her have that reaction. She really was sad when that brachiosaur died. So I don't know. It kind of like it kind of what what H said about I think it it's these scenes are intentionally horrific to really drive home like the stakes later on when the movie reaches its climax. Mm -hmm. It, th this movie, I felt, was kind of trying to pay off the fact. I mean, because I feel like her arc in World is very quick. She goes from like you know viewing them as like numbers almost at the beginning of the movie to like you know rooting for them as they're fighting. And I feel like this one is kind of I felt like her having to reckon a little bit with some of the stuff that she like. I think her having to go back to that island and face you know, kind of her mistake in a way I think is interesting whether the script like fully capitalizes on that or not. Mm -hmm. mm. There is that really, uh, we, we skipped over this um, one shot that I wanted to talk about, which was like when they first get to the Island and they, they pull into Jurassic world into like the main street or the, mm -hmm. you know, the city walk. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, they pull in and then the, the, the bronchiosaurus like walks by um, right. and Zia it's like, gets out of the car. It's like a recreation of like the the scene from Jurassic Park, but now it's like mm -hmm. walking through this like damaged park, um, which I just thought was really well done. And I like that. Um, what is the what is the character's name? The uh, the vet, the ex marine. 
Oh, Zia. Zia. The Zia's reaction to it of just like I never thought I'd see one in real life. Um that one, and that's in in that sort of that reaction was also reinforcing the fact that like I never in a million years would have thought that she was a marine because I just assumed that she was like been studying dinosaurs. An animal lover. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, also, uh, uh, one thing I really like about that part of the movie is Giacchino reprising his Jurassic World score in like a creepy minor key. Yeah, that's good. It's good. It's nice touch. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the uh, the Raptor T Rex blood transfusion that happened, Scott? <laughs> I don't. I'm not. I don't follow the logic uh, really okay. at all. <laughs> um, but sure. Uh, I, uh, I like the scenes. I think it's interesting that they seem to be referencing the baby T-Rex, the sick baby, the, the broken leg uh, baby T-Rex from Lost right. World. They're sort of like recreating that, but with blue mm-hmm. um, and, and upping the escalation with the T-Rex blood transfusion. Um, I don't know. Practical T-Rex. Yeah. Practical T-Rex. Practical blue for a lot of it. Felt like Bryce um, Dallas Howard rides one. Felt like yeah. one of the more like Spielbergian set pieces in the movie to me of like having to maneuver around a small enclosed space with it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Things yeah, escalating it, it, of like, oh, now this happens. Oh, now this. I happens. agree with Scott. It makes no sense. It really feels like they had the idea and then they had to just kind of like you know retcon in the justification of why they would Blue need to shot. be in there. Yeah, uh, but I'm glad it's in the movie. Like, I th- I think it's one of the more livelier parts. Uh, and, and, and I feel like the stretch that comes after it is a slog for about like five or so minutes. Yeah. Oh, you mean like after they get back to the mainland? Just, yeah. I mean, scenes of, cause I think this is where we meet Toby Jones, right? Is, and yeah, this is where we get just team. like eight minutes of exposition. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this is really where we get into the big, like the most like Trevorrow, like, like gene punk sci-fi stuff. Yeah. Where Dense. Eli is is pleading his case to Toby Jones at like, no, like dinosaurs are just the tip of the iceberg. We're calling it genetic power. You can make people and do all kinds of crazy stuff. And this is also when I think Maisie finds the Endoraptor, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's like its claw like reaches out towards her. Right. She runs right into uh, the arms of a man who is like staring menacingly at her. Right. Yeah. But it was John Hamm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would have run into his arms too. Yeah. Uh, they arrive at the. They arrive back at the mainland. Uh, they sneak back into the mansion just in time as like the auction is starting. Um, I'm trying to make sure. I know we're kind of like I know like the the, the plot kind of like always they kind get of captured. Comes uh, uh, well, no, they yeah. they try to drive to the nearest town. Uh, as soon as mm-hmm. they land, they get in that truck, and right as they're about to drive away, Ted Levine and like 18 men somehow sneak up on them. And form like a perfect right. semicircle, and then uh, they uh, they account- we get uh, Lockwood's murder, which was I remember kind of almost laughing at this in the theater the first time at how drawn out it the is. The most like, telegraphed now, murder, <laughs> Eli. You've been a, a very naughty boy. I want you to pick up that phone right on top of that pillow and call the police and tell them that you're a bad man. What are you doing with that pillow? Wait a minute. No, that's the pillow, not the phone. You see? No, wait. Oh, you know, like you, you know, can't, I can't make a phone this... call with a pillow. <laughs> oh, wait idiot. a minute, son! You've made a mistake. You've made a mistake, son. <laughs> put, it, put it down, you boob. That's not a phone. It goes on that long. I feel like 
He also, like, maybe the quickest smothering. I mean, like, I, I think a real pillow smothering takes, like, 15 to 20 minutes, but he, he gets it done in, like, I think six seconds, it feels like. <laughs> uh, Maisie finds out that she's a clone. She is hiding in the closet and overhears uh, Eli talking with, like, the maid or whoever that was. Um <laughs> Owen Owen finds the uh, the packy the packy acephalosaurus that's next to them in the cage. The good boy. I yeah, I think him. I think yeah, I think he walks away with the movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the the auction is great though. I I like Toby Jones hyping all the dinosaurs up, mm-hmm. hyping up Endoraptor with powers comparable to Velociraptor. <laughs> he says. I like. I, I, I'm just. I you know if. If these guys had been sleazier, if the guys okay. who showed up were a little sleazier, then like maybe, John Wick bad guys, yeah, then maybe I would have like bought the sort of ten million max bid on most of these dinosaurs. <laughs> but the fact that like my 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 recollection of it is that they are all like leaders of industry. Yeah, they're like billionaires. In other, <laughs> yeah, in other countries, right? They're wearing like spiffy tuxedos and the women are all wearing like beautiful dresses with pearls. I think the stuff. purchase yeah. of a dinosaur to a billionaire should still hurt. Like I think that like a billionaire should still feel it when they buy a dinosaur. Yeah, I feel like yeah. minimum it, we're talking like 50 mil for like a like a a, a what a chompy or something. Yeah, like a, you know. But like one of those little like guys. Said, a chompy saurus. But if if they had yeah. yeah, but if they had been like like you said like fast and furious level bad guys Right, like, like I buy, I pay you ten mil for the pachyosaur. Like, deal. We we got to get these yeah. things out of here. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, the cops are coming. And I, like, just have them like throwing a line of like, like, oh, that's going to look really cool on my porch, you know. And you're like, mm-hmm. Jesus <laughs> Christ, this guy's gonna keep a dinosaur on his porch. <laughs> I, Ivan, put this collar around it, you know. I yeah. really appreciated the uh, like cage runway that that they set up to like still allow the dinosaurs to show oh, up like man. a model. <laughs> Sometimes I really wish I knew how to like edit and put sound stuff because I, you know, when the Endoraptor is like going down the runway, I really wanted to go in and put like blank space by Taylor Swift, like, <laughs> but like through the speakers, like it's a Victoria's Secret. Uh, um, it's super cathartic when the door is open and the packy just starts like wrecking people. Wait, wait, how much do you think this setup cost? Oh, oh man. like right. this runway setup because like did he have to sell like did he have to sell like two dinosaurs bes- before he broke even like on this whole setup yeah right he's like he's sweating there are two bit. men yeah, that are oh, paid yeah. to just like crank a lever and then there are four men that are just strafing the cage like tasing the dinosaur <laughs> inside of it so yeah right away that, 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 there's six people you gotta pay yeah oh man uh, eli doesn't care uh so, okay, this is a pretty incredible scene. So the packy clears everyone out. Everyone escapes. Um, Ted Levine sees everyone running away. <laughs> and, and he's like, huh. So he goes back where it is just the Endoraptor. Yeah. Now, he, he has mentioned wanting his bonus multiple times already. Yes, that's right. He really wants his bonus. <laughs> it's like his main <laughs> character arc. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That and teeth. The teeth of the different dinosaurs. Which I think is the bonus. That's the bonus. Oh, that's the bonus. Yeah, okay. I think that's, that's right, he, he's going he, to get his bonus. Yeah, he wants he a T Rex tooth. Yes, and so he sees at the Endoraptor, and he's like close enough, 
Um, yeah. And then maybe my favorite little bit of the whole movie, uh, the the Endoraptor <laughs> is like he he his eyes flutter open and he kind of looks at us, he the smiles. audience. Yeah. He smiles He's like, like a little stinker. This dummy. <laughs> He almost he he's, he almost expect him to wink at us. Oh God, it's so good. I like the Endoraptor. Yeah, I, I want the Endoraptor to laugh like that little like weasel thing. Oh, Muttley. Yeah, like Muttley. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to like have that yeah. wheezing laugh. <laughs> like yeah, like when he's like tapping Ted Levine's shoulder with his tail. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he has so much more personality than the uh, th- the Indominus. Rex. That scene also, oh, like the pillow and phone scene, felt like cartoonishly like, all right, here I go. Like grabs the pliers. Yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to get that too. He gets tapped on get- his shoulder and he turns around <laughs> and is like, I guess nothing's like, dude, something tapped you. <laughs> like, there- like there could be sound effects with like... <laughs> Yeah, I wish he like like turned and the Indoraptor is like hiding behind a pot. Like, yeah, <laughs> him crying even kind of feels like Three Stooges esque. Like him, him mm-hmm. whimpering in the face of this dinosaur. Yeah, it's it's right. great. I think it's great dark humor. What one thing though that I I uh, another or I guess another thing I really want to credit Bayona with. Like a lot of this is super cartoony, but the one thing that I'm always like. Oh God, it's so brutal! <laughs> is every time he kills someone, you hear them screaming, and then they stop screaming. Yeah, right. And you're just like, oh Jesus! Like mm-hmm. it, they're they're dead now, but like I'm still watching them get eaten. But yeah. they're dead now. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to it in a second, mean... but Eli's death uh, uh, tonight uh-huh. hit me so hard because it's muffled. You hear it like inside of the mouth. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Very yep. good. And. The Ted Levine death gets strung out where, like, you know, it's not immediate, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, like, Toby Jones, we get the Toby Jones elevator death right after. My, my like- favorite little bit. that That is my, uh, the raptor <laughs> winking, is is the brilliance of, like, the elevator doors closing and him being like, we did it. And then it, like, <laughs> somehow smacking the button so hard that it, like, bypasses elevator rules and reopens <laughs> the elevator door. Oh, okay. It just opens. Yeah. It just says tee hee hee and then hits yeah. the button. <laughs> yeah. Just, it's uh, great. Toby Jones' like toupee like flops around. Yeah. That, like, all of that is like, that feels like Jurassic Park to me. They yeah, like really kind of... accentuate how tiny Toby Jones is in this movie. <laughs> they really like every, every chance they get, they're just like, this guy's little. He's a little guy. He's a little yeah. snack. I wish- <laughs> I wish Tom Cruise would do that. I wish he was as okay with his size as Toby Jones. Maybe he'll get that way when he gets older. Like I felt like in like... Top Gun, he was around taller people and they were showing it more. Right. You couldn't help it. You couldn't help yeah. but notice that he was like significantly shorter than like Mailbox. No, what was the Mailbox. 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 Because he takes seven days to get to you. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Uh, back in the lab, uh, Franklin and Zia save Blue, and we get another incredible part of the movie where Blue runs and jumps out of the way of an explosion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Literally the, the John McClane jump off the roof, like like shot for yeah. shot. Oh, I rewound shit. it because I wanted to watch it again. 
It's amazing. <laughs> this little arms or little arms stretched out like. <laughs> this is the you last time like- that we see uh, Henry Wu, though, right? Because I was trying to track today what happens to him at the end of this movie. So uh, J- uh, Franklin darts Wu in the neck, and then we see one of the mercs carry Wu off, and he's actually the only merc to not die because he doesn't fight blue. So I guess we'll find out in Dominion where Henry was dragged off to or like who he's even working. for. That's another one where like they have a chance to make his arc intriguing, at least in all three movies. I think whether the movies themselves are successes, I think they found interesting things to do with him in both of these. Mm hmm. Yeah, like I hope you, I hope they let him go full super villain in Dominion. Yeah, it seems like he's like lower and lower down the totem pole each time. So I hope he's just like yeah, like he's like a little slop boy. Oh yeah, he's like basically like a worm tongue. Yeah, they call him slop boy worm tongue. Slop boy worm tongue. Uh, that'd be way too long for a, a Top Gun call sign. Yeah. And uh, then we get arguably the most well regarded portion of the movie, oftentimes referred to as. The haunted house part mm-hmm. where it's Owen and Claire and Maisie dodging the Endoraptor in like this dark mansion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think to me, the highlight of that whole scene is like we, we, we referenced it earlier when Maisie is like hiding under her bed and you can just hear the Raptor like getting in. Oh, oh, my God. The scene where it's on the roof in the moon and and like roaring yeah. at the moonlight is oh, gorgeous. Yeah. It would have been a good movie to watch with headphones. I don't think I've ever watched it like uh, with them yeah. like good headphones. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think about that a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the stuff on the roof driver. is uh, the stuff on the roof is incredible. Like, I, I think that that's such a good final uh, set piece for this film. Mm-hmm. Um I think the most I've ever been into Claire and Owen as a couple is when they're able to, when Claire is able to like hit him with the laser and Owen knows what she means yes. and then like uses the noise, like, you know, scare the Endoraptor. Yeah. I thought Blue coming out of nowhere was great and like uh, totally earned because right. I had forgotten where he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's always coming in like the Millennium Falcon. That's, that's her move. Yeah. Yep. I hope she does it one more time. <laughs> I'm sure she will. But now she'll have a baby in tow. Baby on board. The baby will be. <laughs> She's wearing the she shirt. She has like a baby on board sticker yeah. on her lower back. <laughs> uh, Scott, what do you think of the Indoraptor's death? Uh, it's good. It's like gothic. It's cool. Um, mm-hmm. And then I like, I, I like that Blue is just like, oh, it worked. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, he, <laughs> she does. She does like the Kevin McCallus. <laughs> yeah. It dies kind of like a villain in uh in like a mystery that takes place at this mansion would die. Yes. Like yeah, falling yes. onto a pointy fixture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am just a fan of the way the the world movie so far humanized the dinosaurs. Yeah. And I want to see more of it. I I I I like that they're characters. Like I like that I like that the T Rex, like I feel like I know her. Like you know, mm-hmm. she's <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. It's good. Oh what what um, is the Indo okay. gonna be in this one, you think? I mean wh- like what could they do now? Well, we've heard that his inspiration for the character is is the Joker. Wait, wait, wait. Whose inspiration for what character is the Joker? <laughs> So Colin, Colin Trevorrow said that there is going to be a villain dinosaur 
And his main inspiration was Heath Ledger's Joker because he wanted to write a character that just wants to watch the world burn. I'm just imagining it doing that dance on the stairs. It's like a, like a pterodactyl. <laughs> I hope it's a pterodactyl. Um, I, which to me, I, I think kind of seems redundant because both the Indominus and the Endoraptor were both like psycho yeah. bred to kill nihilistic yeah. dinosaurs. I found so the Endoraptor yeah. to almost be too similar. Cause like I felt bad for the Indominus Rex and I felt like they really covered like the, it did not ask to be born. It does not want to be here. It's going right. to kill everything in its path. But the Endoraptor, I felt like they spent less time. It was just crazy. Like it's just a crazy I, well, thing. I think that, <laughs> I think that the intention was for the Endoraptor to basically be like Blue's anti-Flash, you know, like reverse Flash. <laughs> yeah. Like in terms of like, look, it's trained too, but not by choice. It's just in its biology. And so it's like an right. evil, you know. Oh, like, yeah. Like, because it's like a Negaduck version. Yeah. Right. right. Because we see because Maisie finds Owen's like tapes of training blue and we see the blues connection to Owen is based on empathy. Right. Yeah. Like and they have a they have a connection. But yeah, like you said, the Indoraptor has just been bred. It's just like sound. Cement. Yeah. Like it's based on like yeah. a gun's button. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, there, there's no scene where like no one's ever trying to save the Endoraptor the way at first they're like, you know, trying to save Indominus. Yeah, no, they want to they want to put it in the ground place. from the second that it comes out of that cage. <laughs> right, yeah, kill kill that thing. It looks like Maleficent. <laughs> it's evil. And then we get to the uh, the actual climax of the movie where you know I guess I remember back in 2018, so the dinosaurs are like locked in the basement and there's gas because of from the blue escape there's been like a gas leak and claire is like has her hand on the button and owen's like you better not you better not press that button think about <laughs> think it think about it <laughs> no, no no he yeah. he never says you better not he he says he literally <laughs> yeah. is like it's your choice yeah yes i am a yeah, feminist he's like, he's like, is, once you I'm do a it feminist though. now i wasn't in the last <laughs> yeah. movie i am now i respect <laughs> you i see you and i'm going to let yeah. you make this decision <laughs> you bought like, me those beers you... i can pay you back by letting you make this choice <laughs> yeah we'll be even and he's like, yeah, he's like, this once you do it, though, there's no going back. And I remember the first time I watched this, not knowing what was going to happen, being like, oh, are we about to watch a bunch of dinosaurs die a second time? Mm -hmm. um, you know, to the movie's credit. And then for it to be Maisie and for her to get the line of like, I have to because they're alive like me. Like, if my life, if my if their life doesn't mean anything, why should my life mean anything? Yeah, right. I have to do this. And it kind of like. It's cool. I remember being like, oh, that's actually kind of cool. It kind of made following this character for two hours kind of worth it. I, yes, I, I don't disagree with that at all. <laughs> uh, my, my, my issue is just that, like, I wish I cared about her before now, like before that. Right. Moment. Yeah. Um, right. That's my only thing. Like, I wish they'd given me a reason to care about her before that moment so that it wasn't mm -hmm. just like, oh, that's the point of her. That's why the shotgun was over the mantle. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. your purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's weird. Yeah. Like e Eli's like, honestly, like his like bad guy monologue where he's giving like his whole purpose where he's like explaining her. 
it's so rushed in the way that like a dinosaur knocks a henchman out like halfway through him giving it and then they just like run off so like you never even you never even like really get a full speech from him about like why why like he's like don't did you really think that she that he would have a granddaughter and it's like i don't know dude (laughs) like you're (laughs) telling me everything i know about him (laughs) that you're the yelling exposition is really egregious in this. Yeah. Just like people saying exposition angrily and that, and you're, they're like, yeah, then, you know, no one will notice it's exposition. It's like, no, I'm noticing it. It's just like being yelled at me. When he kicks her out of the room and then she's gone for one second and he yells into a walkie talkie, like, I want those dinosaurs in my mansion now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it and gets then, into and like Claire and Owen adopt her <laughs> without asking yes. anyone or getting permission yeah. or anything. We'll we'll see. So like you know, uh, after the dinosaurs are let loose, uh, you know, the last remaining mercs are killed. Eli gets eaten by a T Rex, like we mentioned. He gets like it, the it, babysitter death from World, like in meanness, like a prolonged death that feels like overly vicious but it feels like this time it's directed at the right person whereas in world i feel right. like it just makes your stomach like churn <laughs> uh we i like how the car he, he he chucks a piece of eli at the carnotaur <laughs> but then he like also he's like get out of here though get out of here like hits the carnotaur <laughs> and that really awkward half like flourish of the jurassic theme and then and it quickly gives up like dun dun dun. Actually, you know, no, never. Okay, he's just, this just is this is actually bad. This is bad. This is a bad thing that just happened. <laughs> the last shot is I a wish... raptor looking like down on like Encino. Well, yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so they the, they escape. So Blue has a final moment with uh, with Owen, where it's like, hey, we're homies, but I'm not going with you. I am going to run off into the woods and do me and somehow have a baby. Um. And then we cut back to Ian Malcolm's like possibly separate, possibly the same deposition where he's like, look, this is happening now. And we get for a lot of people, the highlight of the movie, uh, a really cool montage of dinosaurs encroaching upon human space. Yeah. Uh, we get that big, huge sea monster getting ready to attack the surfers, which is like maybe my favorite shot of the whole That movie. was in the trailer, right? I was thinking about that tonight. Yes. Okay, so... I, and that kind of goes back to what Scott was saying earlier of yeah. like, they should have just done that with this movie. Like, it feels yeah. like they wanted to do that with this. Like, they shot stuff. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it kind of, it almost, it almost, as well as it is setting up Dominion and you're kind of like, well, you have to see the new one. Like, it almost is kind of tape taking away from Dominion's hype a little bit of like, you're kind of getting little previews of it. Yeah. yeah. Are you guys covering that uh, what battle at Big Rock, the the short that he did in 2020? Oh. Yeah, no, we might talk about one. that in our Dominion episode, maybe. But. Yeah, because I think that's the same. Yeah. He wrote that with the lady that he wrote. Uh, is I, Derek Connolly's not back in this one, right? It's just, right, yeah, right. it's Derek him Connelly's and this new lady, back. Emily oh, yeah. Emily Carmichael. I think is her name. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. And uh, we will see what condition this family unit is in in dominion like are is owen just going to be <laughs> they've shown that they can commit to things for long periods of time so 
what if it's literally exactly the same where Claire has to go to Owen, he's building another cap, and it's like, I told, I, you asked you if you wanted to go to the fair, and you said no, because you can't could give me No, I wanted pig, to so go I to the fair, I just wanted you to buy me a pig, and it's like, okay, cool, great. <laughs> Curse to reset to stage one every time. They're like, they're like a sophomore in high school couple, like the reasons that they break up and then get back together. Right. Yeah. Um. We'll see if Maisie. She's she's in the trailers, but I, I'm guessing she's like living with Owen. Oh, it's another example of a kid going right for Owen and immediately attaching to Owen when Claire's like right there. Yeah, yeah. Owen's very cool to kids. <laughs> yeah, he really is. Yeah. So my 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 thing is like, <clears throat> okay. So looking at the character arcs in this one, mm. so <laughs> so with Owen, his character arc is like. I, I I'm gonna pretend I don't love blue. No, I actually I really love blue. <laughs> She's the best. <laughs> like that's it. I guess that's Blue's his arc. Sweet. Um, and then but then uh, Claire's arc is weird because in the last movie there it's like you shouldn't have made this capitalist monster, and mm. we're gonna teach you to like really care about these animals. So now we're here for caring about this, these animals and they're like this is what you get for caring about yeah. the animals yeah <laughs> she's, she's punished like, after she learns the lesson yeah i i i just don't I, I don't understand what her arc is supposed to be because like if you if you judge it by her decision at the end of the movie it's like yeah i guess i should let them die right which is a weird kind of like kind of going back to like the 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 cynicism and meanness in Trevorrow's work, but not in like a Michael Bay kind of way. It's in a much more subtle way. Yeah. Or like you watch Book of Henry and you're like, oh, this is supposed to be a, a feel good Hallmark movie, but it's fucking weird. Yeah. yeah. And I think these Jurassic World movies are the same deal where it's like, oh, I think he's trying to do this, but it's he's just such an interesting mind. Do you think that yeah. he just can't be like sentimental? Like it, he just cannot have that like sweetness that Spielberg had in his films. The the problem is I think he thinks he is doing that. But I <laughs> but I, I but I think like his I, his baseline of cynicism won't let him he like, can't like, overcome his cynicism to like, get I think, I think, I think he thinks Sarah Silverman like kissing Henry on the mouth right before he dies is sweet. Is supposed to be like a, it's like a sweet heartwarming yeah. moment. I mean, he was on and vacation. Like... He was the most relaxed you can possibly be. And <laughs> this is what his brain conjured for a good movie. <laughs> the meanest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm uh I'm interested to see what his post-Jurassic output is like. I mean, I don't know if he'll able He'll be able to get like an original project off the ground in the after Book of Henry, but I, I hope so. I hope he's like Trank and he just does like small stuff that he can get because you know it's like, oh, like safety not guaranteed. Yeah, because like Capone was so wild and so like you know like stuff that he can just be unapologetically himself on. But yeah, yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah, I think I think he should do like a. Uh, like like a William Gibson uh adaptation or something. Oh like, yeah, like that's that's what <laughs> like he needs to do. Is, yeah, just do some like crazy cyberpunk 
like just cynical, like the right. world like, what do you, sucks, you know? Yeah. What do you look like when you're not trying to be Spielberg and right. feel good? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I really hope that lion's okay. The yeah. lion that, that, that steps up to the T-Rex. Yeah. yeah. Um, He's probably not. I think a second after they cut away, he is <laughs> devoured. <laughs> What if the first time you see the T-Rex, the lion is like riding atop his back? <laughs> oh, man. We worked out a truce. <sighs> <laughs> I wish these movies had the balls to be that dumb. Like, I just, mm-hmm. I, would, I would love it so much. <laughs> we can only hope. Uh, so this is interesting. We This is as far as we go. Um you know, uh, as of recording, uh, not none of us have seen Jurassic World Dominion, but um, by the time you hear our episode, we will. What would you yeah. guys want from like a because, you know, there's going to be a human villain in Dominion. Right. And uh-huh. I feel like we have got the CEO down. <laughs> like, I feel like we've done. Yeah. It. yeah. Um, and I to be honest, I think that's probably what they're doing in this one uh, based on what I have heard. But uh, what, what would you guys want? To be like the human villain in something like this, or do you think it needs oh, man. one? Well, not to cheat, yeah, not to cheat, but I think the final—if this is like the end of the Jurassic era—I want them to go full Gremlins two and have like a smart raptor that is capable of speech. <laughs> okay, okay. It's like no, oh, and I'm I'm going to show you why humanity is doomed. And, you know. I want I want Henry Wu to inject himself with Dino DNA. Oh my God yes. in heaven! <laughs> and, and turn become, into he's the lizard at the end, like 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 a boss level in a Resident Evil game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, so both of these sound worse than a CEO. So I'm kind of glad that they're sticking with the they're sticking with the classics. I get why I get why they stick with that. It's hard. It's hard to go outside of it. Uh, oh, did you hear the Jurassic World Lego sets came out and there was a Wooasaurus set, so it spo- spoiled the end. He's got a nine foot neck. <laughs> He's still got like his turtleneck. No, I injected myself with the wrong DNA. No, <laughs> my life is constant agony. Uh uh. Well, H, thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, of course, boys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, anything you'd like to plug? No, I'm I'm working on writing some books that I'm going to try to start having be a thing that people read uh, at some point. But uh, no, um, just look me up on Instagram at Hunter Kennedy. Uh, and uh, yeah, just on, nice. you might see me around in the world. Right, Don't hurt right. me. Um, and if you guys want to hear us talk about the book of Henry that just hit the Patreon feed today if you're listening to this on the main feed uh, Nick and I uh, talking about everything to do with the book of Henry I cannot wait for that conversation we haven't had it yet it's going to be one I never never thought I would have watched this movie as often yeah I was going to say Nick is this watch like number three because I'm I'm on two Yeah, this is weirdly going to be like the third time I've seen it. Yeah, it'll be the third time that I've seen it too. And it won't be the last because it's <laughs> such a batshit insane yeah. movie that like I could mm-hmm. see myself why I if if there was a theater <laughs> in LA that like did like a midnight show of the Book of Henry, I would be there. <laughs> it should ha- I mean, it meets all of the criteria of the room, like a director that is completely unaware of what they're making. 
like, yeah. uh, uh, yeah. you know, like actors that do like visibly do not want to be involved in the project on screen. Crazy tone shift. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. Like yeah. Martian level dialogue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nicole, um, isn't Naomi Watts is addicted to Gears of War? Yes. The only thing I ever remember we'll, is that she's addicted we'll, to we'll, Gears of War 3. We'll get into it, but from my my understanding is she just she's just a gamer. Yeah. But it just affronts Henry can't stand it. Henry Henry's thinks like, she, Mom, you have to clean up all this all this Mountain Dew and Doritos. It's just the whole house. They're smells. doing a campaign for the new Call of Duty. Go to work, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, it's unbel- <laughs> unbelievable. You're an embarrassment, Mom. I'm paying all these bills. Anyway, uh, the book of Henry. <laughs> We're talking about it on the Patreon. That's all, that's up today on the Patreon mm-hmm. uh, if you're listening to this on the main feed. Um, and uh, next week, we're going to be reading and discussing in detail uh, Colin Trevorrow and Derek Connolly's script for Duel of the Fates, um, the uh, the long lost Star Wars Episode Nine uh, pre Rise of Skywalker. So, and I'm actually going to read it. I'm not just going to watch the Jenny Nicholson video again. <laughs> yeah, I uh, um, I weirdly I, read it back in February and I liked it. Yeah, there's some cool what? stuff. In yeah, there. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna read it. Um, I've been saving it for some sort of podcast thing. <laughs> so I, I assume. It was going to happen at some point. Um, so, yeah. So, that's next week. So, go check that out. And uh, that's duelinggenre.com slash support. Uh, $3 a month will get you in. Appreciate everyone who supports us in that way. Um, and if you can't support us that way, but you want to support us in another way, go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure it's five stars. If it's not five stars, don't leave a review because it doesn't help. It just hurts. Um, it hurts. It hurts me. It hurts the show. You're killing <laughs> us. The algorithm. It hurts the algorithm. Um, don't do it. Don't be a hero. Uh, so uh, anyway, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you next week with our basically initial thoughts on Jurassic World Dominion. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.